Pages of Pim Better Podcast. song that you just heard is by White Rose. The title is Buka Mata Marika. Probably butchering that name, so I'm going to put that information into the show notes for you. Hey, everybody. I am fresh off of a trip to Southeast Asia. I'm jet lagged, and I've got post-trip depression right now, so I thought that the best way to deal with all that would be to put out a couple of podcasts. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking about music, uh, in particular, uh, heavier music, uh, punk, metal, um, rock alternative stuff within Indonesia, with a specific focus on the island of Bali in Indonesia. Why? Well, I get into this in the episode with my guest, but 
I was driving, I believe, um, on the outskirts of Ubud, which is kind of central uh, Bali. And we were going past a stand that was selling soft drinks and things like that. And I saw a kid aged six to nine, and he was wearing a Warzone shirt. It's the, the Lower East Side Crew shirt, which, you know, nowadays, like, uh, heavy music and punk and metal is really fashionable, at least in New York, especially within, like, the hip-hop community. Um, so, you know, I, I guess that's a shirt you could buy just in, like, a regular shop. I mean, here in the States, like, the, the biggest of those types, I guess, is, you know, like, Hot Topic. But... I wasn't sure if it was this a hand-me-down, was it like a thrift store shirt, a donated shirt, was it this kid's older sibling shirt? But as I went throughout my weeks in Bali, I noticed more and more that there was a culture here of uh, heavier music. I saw kids wearing uh, Slayer shirts. I saw a lot of shirts with imagery that's kind of fitting for like like a black metal album or, you know, death metal or metalcore heavier stuff. I didn't recognize any of those as bands that I knew, but I recognized like that imagery. So to me, clearly there was something going on here. And these were a lot of local kids. Um, there's also like a really strong tattoo culture. There was a lot of political type of graffiti around Bali which goes hand in hand with subcultures or countercultures. Um, I remember specifically one tag I saw said, um, your utopia is my dystopia, which is in sort of a theme I was recognizing and dealing with while I was in Bali, sort of the, the balance between like, this is a destination for people, a summer destination, a surf destination, um, versus like this is, there's also a traditional culture here. And is that being uprooted and supplanted by all this tourism industry? Um, just a long winded way of saying that clearly there is a subculture of music here. Now that is pitted against, um, this overt, mm, like music beach party culture along like the, the popular strips and popular beaches. And what I mean by that is um, similar to how like the Caribbean, Mexico, maybe Miami is a destination for uh, certain people in America um, who want to spend their spring break and things like that. Bali's location relative to Australia makes it so that it's a cheap and easy flight for people to go if they're looking to party. And with that comes like pop music, um, dance music, um, things like, like EDM and things like that. So when I was there, um, the, the song, I hadn't heard it before I got there. In Coming Home, I can see that it's, it's also a, a global phenomenon, but the song Despacito is played everywhere in Bali. Like in every cab, on every bike, in every bar. We did a hike up a volcano mountain and somebody had a Bluetooth speaker in their bag and it was playing Despacito. So that's, and, and I asked my guest about that, but that is definitely the, the summer jam in Bali, uh, the summer banger. And I'm pretty glad that I don't have to hear it again. 
but uh, hopefully that gives you a bit of a picture of there's, you know, there's strong like pop music culture that goes along with sort of that uh, beach and party atmosphere. And then it was really clear to me that there was uh, a subculture of, of heavier music, especially with Indonesians. And so I tried to figure this out. Um, I looked up that there was a bar down in, in Kuta, which we also get into, not my favorite place, but um, that bar was closed until October. And I thought that that was like the place to go to, to try to find music. Found out that there were a couple record shops and we chose what I think was the right one. In Changu, there is uh, Rewind Records. And when we were there, the woman who was working there, who I believe is the co-owner, was really helpful in helping us to understand what was going on in terms of underground music and punk and things like that. Um, bought a couple CDs there for the first time in a long time. I'm going to pull this out. I got uh, Timeless is a um, pop punk Indonesian band. That album is called Between and Beyond. And um, what else did I get? Uh, Roll Fast, which is more like a, like a Sabbath type of band. And I got a Superman is Dead cassette. Superman is Dead is probably the biggest band with a punk sound from Bali. And the other big band is Navicula, who have like a really, uh, have a large global presence and they kind of sound like, uh, like Pearl Jam maybe is an influence for them. So she was uh, instrumental in helping us understand uh, what's going on here, telling us certain bands to check out. Um, I definitely recommend going to Rewind Records if you are in Bali and you're interested in buying some records. Um, you can also play them there before you buy it. She's got turntables and other accessories and things like that if you live in Bali. Uh, from there, she pointed out there are two clubs, bars, venues that were right nearby, also in Changu. One was Gimme Shelter, and the other one is Pretty Poison. Uh, Pretty Poison is, I guess, pretty well known. Um, it's covered by Vice and, and some larger publications has a, um, a skating bowl. So they'll have shows there. They'll also have DJ sets. And then like you can just hang out and you can watch people skate. And it kind of becomes a party there too. That felt to me a little more like a California vibe, whereas Gimme Shelter felt more like a New York rock or punk club. And um, really cool... Um, really cool design and layout. Uh, there's all the posters that um, the owner, Mari, has had made for all of the shows are all around the place. So it's only been there for a year-ish, but it feels like something with a lot of history. And I had ended up messaging the uh, Gimme Shelter Facebook account, and luckily the owner of the club and musician himself, uh, Mari J., responded to me and offered, yeah, yeah, come on down. And uh, before we open up, we've got a show tonight. We'll record an episode. And so that is my guest for today. He is, like I said, a musician himself, really, really good at guitar. You can check him out at Muddy J Official on Facebook. It's M-A-D-E 
and then the letter J. So it looks like made J. And um, he was really cool. He's been putting out music for a while and uh, knows a lot, uh, knows a lot of mainstream musicians. Um, he helps out a lot of small up and coming local bands and kids within Bali and within Indonesia. And um, a lot of the shows at Gimme Shelter, at least from looking at all the flyers were free. I was able to catch the, the first band I just played for you, White Rose. I was able to catch their set uh, directly after the conversation that I had with Mari. But uh, really appreciative of him giving me the time to do the, the conversation in the interview. And um, he, I won't give any information, but he had like some pretty big opportunities years ago to do some uh, things within the industry and decided to like stick to his principles and to what he thought was right. And I think he kind of runs the club that way as well. It's really a, a cool platform uh, within Bali for, for bands to be known and heard. And I think that the, the notoriety of the venue is going to get larger and larger. I think that there's going to be, I think it's already, uh, Mati was talking about how Lonely Planet covered him and did a conversation with him. Um, so I think that it's just going to gain more and more notice. I think Changu itself is going to become uh, e an even larger destination for surfers, skaters, people into music. Um, it's a lot more of a chiller atmosphere than the towns that are south of Changu, but I can totally see it, 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 it blowing up as a travel de destination sometime really soon. Um, so... Yeah, this conversation is with Monty J. Uh, you can also, I mentioned Rewind Records, you can find them on Facebook and on Instagram at Rewind Records Bali. You can find uh, Pretty Poison, I'm just going to make sure I have this one correct, at Pretty Poison, and then it looks like two underscores. Uh, if you just put Pretty Poison into uh, Instagram or Facebook, that'll come up. Um, so yeah, if you're, if you find yourself within Indonesia or within Bali, there is a, a growing scene of heavier music, of punk music. Um, and it's, it's pretty exciting. I'm going to request that if anybody has information about how I can find about, find out about more bands within Indonesia, I know there's a, a big scene in Jakarta uh, even when I was in uh, Jogja, there were some shops and um, some bands that were from that area. But if you know of a message board or something like that, uh, Madi and I talked about this. I can't really find anything. I don't know if there's an online community for Indonesian music. I don't know if there's a place where shows are posted. Um, I'd love to follow up after this episode and, and give people that information or just to selfishly check it out myself. Um I would, I would love that information. I'm trying to find it. It's kind of hard to get music from some of the bands too. The bands that I'm playing today, I was able to get either via iTunes or Google Play. But uh, for some of the other bands, it's hard to get the music. And then also if you want merch shipped to the US, it's kind of hard from Indonesia. So you should, if you find yourself in that, re in that region, pick it up while you're there. Uh, so yeah, you can let me know about that information if you have any at, by emailing me at thevoyagesoftimvetter at gmail.com or by you know hitting me up, DMing me on Instagram, thevoyagesoftv. I'm on Twitter too, but I don't really use it that much. That's uh, also the voyages of uh, Tim V.
Okay, and finally, um, so I've got stickers. I mentioned this in the last episode. Uh, while I'm traveling, I'm putting them up in places that have stickers and in venues and telephone poles and in like uh, popular tourist spots. But um, I obviously haven't been everywhere. Everywhere is on my list, but haven't been everywhere yet. So when I was a kid, I remember that bands would have street teams. Uh, probably with the internet that's died, I don't know, or maybe I'm just out of touch and bands still do this and labels. But if you're someone that lives in a place I haven't been to, um, and wants to help out and put stickers up in around coffee shops, music venues, just hostels and things like that, bookstores. Uh, I'll send you a whole bunch of stickers if you would be willing to, you know, pass those out and put them up and things like that. So again, you can email me for that at the the voyages of Tim Vetter at gmail.com. All right, enough blabbing. Uh, again, really fascinating guy. A great musician and uh, thankful to him for giving me his time. This is my conversation with Mare J. Actually, this conversation is going to follow one more song, and that song is by Superman is Dead, and it is called Anger Inc. All right, here we go.
So we're at Gimme Shelter in Chenggu, Bali, Indonesia. That's right. And I'm here with the owner of Gimme Shelter, uh, Made J. Hello. Hey, how are you, man? <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, thanks so much for for uh, inviting me to your to your club here and letting me do this. I'm really excited about this. Awesome, awesome. Um, let's start with first uh, who you are and, and where you're from. Okay. Well, I'm Made J. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I'm Balinese, my dad's from Bali, my mom's from England. Uh, went to school in Australia, hence the accent, and then I lived in uh, Europe for like 15 years in the States. Um, I've been a professional musician since I was, I got my first record deal when I was 16. Whoa. So I've been doing it for a long time now. I did that and then um, I actually, the record contract was terrible and I got completely screwed over. And I didn't want to sign a record contract for a long, long time after that. So I just kind of like um, started traveling and doing that kind of thing. And, you know, that's how I got around the world and made enough money to build this place. Let me unpack some of that. So uh, you went to um, like grade school or you went to college? In uh, I went to the whole thing. Uh, Primary school, high school, I don't know what you call it in the States, but the, the yeah, whole yeah. thing from yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the way through to um, high school. I never went to um, college or university. I actually got kicked out of high school. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it happens, you know. And that was, uh, to be honest, that's kind of the reason why I, I played because um, I didn't really have any other option, you know. Like I started working in factories like uh, when I was, well, I started working jobs when I was like 16. Then I was working in factories and stuff. I was doing in Australia. In Australia. And then, um, yeah, I started traveling around. And when I was living in Europe, I was working jobs and they were all, because I had no qualifications, so I'd always have to do really menial, terrible jobs and stuff like that. And then when I was 22, I said to myself that, you know, am I a musician or am I that guy who says he's a musician but works at Starbucks? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I thought, oh, I'm, you know, I'm over that stuff. What I'm going to do is play music. And if I fail, I'll give up music forever and go back to being a shit kicker or labourer or whatever, you know. And then, um, or I just keep going, you know. And that's what I did. And it was really tough for a long, long time, you know. Like I was homeless for a while and, oh. you know, that kind of thing. Uh, all, all around it. But at the same time, it, it taught me a lot, it gave me a lot of character. And then it, it really came through in my music, you know, so... And that was um, an Australian label? Uh, no, I'm signed to a... Oh, the, at the time, yeah, the first one was Australian label. And then at the moment, I'm signed to a record contract to Moto Sounds in Belgium, which is... Um, actually, I was... A f uh, I helped start the label. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a super awesome label, and now there's a lot of respect for it because it's a pure rock and roll label. It's not about, like... Uh, numbers and stuff is just about putting out good bands and everything goes out on vinyl and you know it's very organic and it works really well and there's a lot of guys you know we it's great because we get to select really awesome bands to go on stuff that we we really dig you know so when you were 16 what was the name of that band so, ah, i'm not gonna get into that <laughs> no <laughs> I'm not going to get in there because someone's going to find this. It's out there somewhere? It is out there. Right. It is out there. Okay. What, uh, how would you describe the sound? Uh, the genre was uh, it was punk rock. Okay, yeah, cool. that was the first, the first band I was ever in played metal. You know, that was, you know, anyone who was playing guitar, she started in the early 90s, you played metal. That's just the way it was, uh -huh. you know. And then I started hanging out with these guys who were like all into punk rock and stuff. And then they taught me the good stuff, you know, like. 
the dead Kennedys and Sex Pistols and all that kind of old school stuff. And then, yeah, they needed a guitar player. So then I started playing guitar for them. I'd play kind of metal version of punk and then it kind of just went from there and, you know. So I'm interested in that. Um, I don't know if this is correct. I'm calling like the region of like Australia, like mm. the Pacific or, mm. or, or Southeast Asia even. Um, in, the, in the States in the 90s, it was grunge. So is, yeah. was that what was influencing the sound here too? Yeah, well, um, I'd say that well, grunge was a big influence, you know, in, in everybody, I suppose, you know. But it, because at the same time as Nirvana, that brought back punk rock. You know what I mean? Like during the 80s, the punk rock was, it wasn't dead, but it was definitely on life support. You know, there was bands that were slogging it out and that kind of thing. But um, it wasn't until Nirvana came along that really pushed that, that kind of style. Before that, it was all like metal, like not metal, but like 80s hair metal stuff, yeah, yeah. you know. Guns N' Roses, okay, yeah, Guns N' Roses are awesome. You can't knock that. But, um, you know, in general, it was all about, you know, that kind of thing. And Nirvana brought back that, really rough, everyone can do it to pick up a guitar thing, you know. But then also with the whole Seattle sound, there's bands that were borderline metal, you know, that were accepted into the metal thing. And all these bands, like, would all play together anyway, you know, like Alice in Chains would tour with Pantera and Metallica and Slayer, you know, everybody kind of, like, was all together, you know. So that's how that sound came. And then you talk to anybody and everybody who was playing guitar back then was influenced by that, you know, so it doesn't matter what you played later, but in the beginning, everybody kind of had that, that influence, you know. And so the band you're in now, mm. that's also a punk rock band? No, I'd say it's more, well, it's not a band, it's me, and then I, I've got musicians I play with everywhere, you know, but there's definitely, like, uh, for me, it's more garage kind of sound. I like garage sound, garage, and I'd say... It's kind of cross between the Sonics, Stooges, and Reverend Horton Heat. Cool. So it's a little bit of rockabilly, a bit of like old school punk rock and garage sounds, you know. What's sort of the name people. of that band? No, it's just me, Muddy J. Oh, you know? okay, yeah, 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 Google me. Yeah. <laughs> you have like a SoundCloud or. Yeah, no, I don't know. If, no, no, I wouldn't have a clue what I'm on. It's definitely on iTunes and stuff, and, you know, it was on Spotify, but I, I, I tried to take it off there because it's a jip. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so uh, give me shelter. How long mm -hmm. has this been here? Um, on the 5th of August, it'll be one year. So we're, oh, we're wow. very new, very new. And um, we're doing good. We're doing good, man. For like um, one year, being a rock and roll bar, we're doing really good. I can't, cannot complain, you know, so. Were, were there places uh, here in Bali before Give Me Shelter? Um, they did rock and roll and punk yeah. rock. So yeah, there used to be Twice Bar. That was the... Oh, that's in place, yeah, yeah. It closed down recently, but they're going to open up again in September okay. in Kuta again because that place is it is Kuta, you know. So, and the owner's a really good friend of mine, and the new guy he's going in with him is a really good friend of mine. So, you know, it's really awesome. Twice bars, just it's like, you know, it's foundation, you know. But you know, there's a lot of the guys from Twice Bar come and play here, and it's got that kind of vibe as well. You know, it's just a real rock and roll joint. Yeah. Okay, I think we're gonna pick up this sound a little bit. Oh shit! Sorry. Uh, yeah, I'll sorry about that. It's okay. Um, so okay, cool. So, so I, I saw your place. I saw uh, Twice Bar, mm -hmm. who you just mentioned. And I saw Pretty Poison, and mm -hmm. feel free to be as like uh, political <laughs> or non-political <laughs> as possible. But um, do the the three places get along? Do they intermingle? Or are they all part of one scene? Um, well. <sighs> How, how should I put this? 
But, well, you know, I go, Twice Bar, you know, I'm, I'm super cool with Twice Bar. And Pretty Poison, I ain't got no problems with Pretty Poison, you know what I mean? They do their thing, we do our thing. To be honest, I think, you know, with Pretty Poison, it's, you know, they could do something about the music a bit more, you know, like in my opinion. That's my honest opinion. But at the same time, they want to make money, so, you know, I've been there and they play like Bieber and Rihanna and stuff like that. And I'm I like, see. I thought it was Skate Joints. Skate Joints, it's like punk rock hardcore or like... Uh, you know, or at least like really old school hip hop gangster shit. You know what I mean? That's like what I associate with skateboarding, not pop music. You know, so but like like I said, you know, they they're trying to get, you know, trying to make money. You know, so you can't knock them for that. Yeah, at least aesthetically for me, um, they look a little more California, and you guys look a little more New York. Yeah. Well, to be honest, my, my place, I designed it. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I've never built a bar. I've never owned a business. Didn't do any of that stuff. And all I knew is I wanted one big room, stage in the corner, and a long bar down the side so people can talk, you know. And, like, it's a very social place. I mean, it's very social, you know what I mean? So if you come in here, you don't know anybody, you meet people before you leave. That's just, you know, that's how I know rock and roll bars around the world, you know. Right. Because it's like that, you know. That's what I'm going for, but I, I, I always I kind of took all the um, because I've been a touring musician for years, yeah, and I've been around the world to all these different bars. I got all the ideas from all these bars I went to, and just you know, as I was developing the place, like you know, I talk with the builders and stuff. They're like, "What do you want to do with this?" And I was like, "Oh, that reminds me. Okay, I'll do that because that was cool in that place, and I'll do this because that was cool in that place, and you know, and that made up this place on its own. It's all the little details that, that make it. And everyone comes in here, and it doesn't matter where they're from, they'll always come and go, man, this reminds me of this bar in my town. Very you cool. know what I mean? So it's like that, that very homely feeling of a rock and roll place, you know? So, so the bands that play here, uh, primarily Indonesian, Balinese, you get international touring bands? Yeah, yeah, we get everyone. Everyone really? from everywhere. Yeah, we recently started getting a lot of um, international bands coming and playing. We had a band called Turnover, from, I'm going to mess this up, I think, I want to say Vermont. It's a VA. What's VA? Yeah, VA is, uh, no, VA is Virginia. VT is Vermont. Okay, no, it's neither of those. <laughs> <laughs> Richmond, anyway, Virginia has maybe. a big scene. Okay, well, no, they're, they're from somewhere else. I, can, I cannot remember. They just have a VA in their, their name, but I think it's got no, nothing to do with that. But okay. um, <laughs> anyway, they played here last week. Um, who else we got played? There's a band, from, a band from Russia playing, bands from Australia. We got next week. We got Aussie Wright, who's like a, does like punk rock surfer from Australia. He's playing, and then we got two bands from Japan. That have, this is very weird. Whoa. On the first and second, I got two bands from Japan playing, but they don't know each other, and they're completely different genres. One's like uh, I think it's like stoner rock, and then the other one's rockabilly. But it's Whoa. just a coincidence we got them on the two different days, you know. So. But yeah, we get a lot of bands, a lot of um, local bands, Balinese bands. There's so many good Balinese bands. Really? Yeah, musicianship here is phenomenal. It's like I always tell people, it's like people who are musicians here are like football players in Brazil. It's just the natural thing that they have. Everybody plays guitar, dude. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I think it's just um, it's just an inherent thing with people. Like each village in Bali has like a, it's. Uh, kind of thing that they've passed down for centuries, you know what I mean? Like there's a painting village and then there's a musician village and then there's a dance village that does traditional dance and then one that's stone carving, you know what I mean? So all these artistic things are passed down for so long and the people just have this creativeness in them. And like, I mean, everyone plays guitar, dude. You see some guy in, in like, you're sitting at a warong, you give him a guitar and he'll play right. like Eddie Van Halen, you know what I mean? Like, 
it's just the way it is. You know, everyone can do a song, everyone can sing something. You know, they can, everyone can at least put one song together and sing like a Bob Marley tune. You know what I mean? It's just the way it is here, you know? And is, it, is Chengu specifically within Bali uh, something that is like spurring the arts? Because, uh, I mean, the two clubs that we mentioned are here, and then the other day I was at Rewind Records. Yeah. Um, it, it, did that happen by chance? Or? Yeah, well, I think what it is is just it's, you know, because it's the up-and-coming area of this time, you know what I mean? And being creative at this time is something that's good to do. You know, when I was younger, being creative was a kind of a thing, it was a luxury, you know what I mean? Or you suffered to be creative, you right. know? Now it's kind of a thing where being creative is a good thing, you know? Being original and being creative is a great thing to do, you know? So, you know, I think because we're developing now, it's having that kind of effect, you know, that, um, well, you know, this place is just, I didn't think of any of that shit, you know what I mean? I just went, you know, I, I like rock and roll, you know, I need to do a business. I got, you know, I got married and I had a kid. And I'm like, okay, I've got to do something adult, you know. Mm. So <laughs> when I go, I'll do a business, what, what can I do? And I was like, what do I know? I know drinking, I know rock and roll, I make a rock and roll bar. So that's, um, that's why this place came about, you know. It wasn't because I was like, mm, the artistic scene is... Uh, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Are your crowds yeah. primarily local or do you get a lot of, like, tourists? In well, it, it depends on Aussies. when, what, what time. Well, you know, it's our first year, so we're, we're looking at you know, when seasons are and stuff. But when we first, when we were open, it's more toward, after August, it was more like, uh, what do you call it? Um, a lot of expats and people who live here and locals and that kind of stuff. And then depending on season, right now, it's tourist, tourist season. All the people that live here are all going back to where they're from to make money and then they'll be back again, like September time, you know? Okay. So at the moment it's tourism where we, we have to constantly kind of, well, this for this year anyway, been constantly kind of tweaking what we have to do per season, you know? And at the moment it's real tourist season, so we've had to retweak again to try and get people in to check it out because I don't do marketing. I'm kind of like anti-marketing is my strategy, you know? No social media? Well, I do social media. I got convinced to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, social media is all right, you know? But it's like uh, I try not to to you know put the name everywhere you know like to be honest interviews and stuff i don't do a lot of them and i always find out what it's for you know i don't want to do any major newspapers or magazines or big stuff because i want people to find out about themselves okay and that keeps more organic and it keeps the people who want to be here here and the people who are just here for the spectacle not so much you know so i was wondering about that um when i first got into like punk and underground music it was like just as the internet was hitting and like mm. there were paper zines and there were paper flyers and things like that and and now it's largely moved digital is mm. there uh is there a message board is there like a digital community here where people find out about shows and events and things like that i could not tell you that no i am very not up to date with uh the internet machine so how do you, <laughs> you know? promote your shows then well i do promotion by <clears throat> we do the, the instagram facebook thing you know, and then um, then I put a banner out the front. But then it's kind of like word of mouth. People just tell each other that something's going on, and you know, it's viral. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. You know, we we developed a thing that people know that when bands are on, we have good bands that are original. There's a lot of places, there's a lot of live music that goes on, but uh, a lot of people don't want to take a chance. They kind of have the bands that they know the crowd likes and can dance to, and will make them drink more and stuff. But it's not so much original stuff, you know. So here, everyone knows if you come here, 
you don't know what you're going to get, but it's going to be original. You know, it's a, it might be punk rock or hardcore or metal or rockabilly or ska, but it will be something that whoever's on stage does it because they love it. You know, they're not kind of jumping up going, okay, yeah, I'm going to play this Bob Marley song again. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he likes Hotel California, you know, that kind of stuff. You know? I'm interested in heavy music here. Before we started recording, I talked about mm. how um, I was in, I, th I think it was outside of Ubud and we did like, the whole like like rice patty thing and we went past a little shop and there was a kid in a war zone shirt and he, he had to be like six to nine years old wearing like the classic lower east side crew <laughs> shirt that like anyone into hardcore in new york would recognize and i was like did he get it at a thrift shop was it like a like a donation like but then the more i started paying attention like oh yeah there's there's a lot of heavy music here any explanation for why? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very weird. The, the heavy music has always been a thing in uh, Indonesia. Even the president now, you know, Jakawi, his favorite bands are like uh, Napalm Death and stuff like no that. No way. Yeah, man. Yeah, when Metallica played um, in Jakarta, they, he went and met, Jaka met, uh, they met the president, Metallica met him, and uh, Rob, the bass player, gave him a bass. To the, the president of Indonesia, he couldn't take it because it's a, it'd be considered a, a bribe. So he just went, Ooh. "Oh, thank you very much. Can't have it." But you know, didn't Metallica so, yeah. play here at that, um, at the like the Vishnu Park? No, the, no, no, they they haven't played. They haven't oh. played. Um, no, the, the Iron Maiden played there. Really? Yeah, definitely Iron Maiden. They have a lot of a lot of international bands coming through now, and, and they're doing a lot of festivals up there and stuff like that. You know, Metallica played. When did they play last? They played Jakarta a couple of years ago. You know, they, they just did the Asia tour in Singapore. I actually went over and met them. One of my friends is friends with them. And I've been trying to talk with them to get them to come and play here. Really? <laughs> Which, uh, I'm not going to say nothing, but maybe, you know. But, um, yeah, I went and met them in Singapore. They're really good guys. And, um, yeah, you know, it's like they go apeshit here for Metallica and metal and hardcore especially now. Especially young people, they love hardcore. You know, it's insane how many hardcore bands there are. I have hardcore bands here, man, at least like once a week usually. Really? Every two, every two weeks at the, the most, you know, because there's just so many bands, you know. And there's really good ones. I'd, I'd recommend Strikes. Strikes. The, strikes. Strikes, yeah. They're, they're my homies. They, they come play. Whenever they play, it's absolute chaos in here, you know. So, Yeah. Two days ago, you had the band Superman is Dead they played here? No, Superman's Dead's tribute. It was all these oh, bands tribute, okay. that were playing for Superman's. When was this coming out? Um, probably early August when I get back. Okay, no problem. So I can tell you that Superman's Dead is playing here. Really? Yeah, next month. They're doing their 22-year anniversary. But they're so huge that we can only... Say, yeah. yeah, we can only announce the show three hours before the gig. Whoa. So, yeah, because they are huge, you know. Yeah, but I was going to say, this is going to sell out for sure, right? Yeah, oh, it's more than sell out. It's just, there's going to be, like, people everywhere, you know. So, um, yeah, we've got to announce it late, and then we'll do tickets for that, because otherwise it's just going to be chaos. But the guys from Superman's Dead I've known, what, like 17 years or something, 16 years I've known those guys. You know, they're really good mates of mine, all of them, you know. So uh, back then it was only me and them and the Vicula were only, the only, I think we're the only bands playing original music. Back then, now everybody plays like a lot of bands are writing their own songs. It's amazing, you know. But back then, if you if you played music, you played covers so you could get gigs to make money to feed your family. Hmm. No one did original music. It just well, there's no money in it. Right. Know? So you know, took these guys. Those guys really pioneered it. The whole original music thing. You, you mentioned Navicula, who is uh, 
the content of their music is pretty political. Yeah. Um, and I've noticed that going around Bali for the last few weeks that like there's like political graffiti and posters and things like that. Um, are there a lot of bands that come through that have like a particularly Balinese political message? There are there are a lot. Um, there are a lot of political bands, you know. Um, the whole thing about the Tolak Reklamasi, that's the thing I'm guessing you're seeing everywhere. Everybody's involved in that. I mean, like every band will get involved in that, political or not. You know what I mean? Do you mind explaining Balinese. that just because people probably won't but know? What is it? The Banoa Harbour, they're trying to develop Banoa Harbour and make an island, a man-made island to build hotels on, <laughs> you know, which is it's, it's stupid, man. It's stupid. You know, it's just that some rich people don't want to buy land somewhere and develop. They'd rather build it because it's right next to the airport. They think people are going to stay there. No one's going to stay there anyway. It's a, it's a mangrove. You know what I mean? You come to Bali for tropical. You're not coming here to go to a swamp, right. you know. So anyway, they're trying to do this and then everyone's just had enough. So everyone's protesting it. And, you know, I, I think if it goes on long enough to protest and they stop building, it's eventually going to cost whoever's making trying to invest is going to cost them more to, to, to do it than they are, you know, what they're going to get back from it, you know. So I think it's cost them an insane amount of money per day. And it's been like this for a couple of years now. So if they stick with it, you know. But, you know, yeah, that's the general general vibe of what this political thing's going on, you know. Superman's dad's really into that. <clears throat> and because of that, they, they got shut down on a lot of shows. They, they did a show in uh, Java and the whole show got shut down because I was wearing the T-shirt saying that. <clears throat> so, you know, and during the, the drummer, who's like the most vocal person of the band, he's really behind it. So, you know, he's going to get in trouble. I think that's a big reason why Twice Bar closed in the first place as well. Really? Yeah, but, you know, that's all speculation, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering, I'm sorry to make you the guinea pig for this mm. question. Um, I, I had, while I was here, I contacted a couple of, like tattoo shops and uh, no one had gotten back to me. But I'm, I'm, I'm curious about like, Native Balinese sentiments about like all the tourists and tourists coming here getting like traditional Balinese tattoos and things mm. like that. Like even as a tourist myself, like it feels kind of weird. I don't, I don't know. Like what is like the 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 sentiment of Balinese people about stuff like that? I don't, I don't mind. It depends mind. on what they what they're getting. You know what I mean? If you're gonna get something that's like uh, barong or stuff like that, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I mean, Balinese culture when it comes to religion and the culture is very open, you know. They're not the kind of people who are like, oh, you know, this is a, a ceremony, you can't come because you're a foreigner or you're not okay. from here or you don't believe. It's not the point. As long as you respect the, the, the people, it's okay. And with, as far as the tattoos go, the, you know, it's, they don't mind. As long as you're not getting something that's like, you know, offensive to the culture, okay. then they don't care. You're not getting like black magic tattooed on you or stuff like that, you know. Right. Like, a lot of guys won't go near that stuff, you know, so... But yeah, in general, no, there's no, no biggie about it, you know. Okay. Mm. Um, are, there, are there U.S. bands that um, are, are, you mentioned a few, but are there currently mm. U.S. bands that are influencing um, Balinese and Indonesian music, or are, are there bands that, like, everybody's crazy about? Um, well, there's, yeah, there, there's certain bands, yeah, you know, like, <clears throat> everybody, now we've got the internet, you know, you just there's a wealth of knowledge that goes on. Now, one of the biggest influences of music, I got to say, in this country is Social Distortion. Really? Everybody loves that band, man. Everybody wants to be the new Mike Ness. 
Wow. Yeah, you know, everyone wants to be the local, the Balinese or the Indonesian Mike Ness. Everyone loves this. And that influences the sound here too. Yeah, yeah, a lot. But uh, but the hardcore scene is like, uh, you know, they kind of picked it up and ran with it. You know what I mean? You know, because it's for me. I don't know, man. I'm not I'm not a huge modern hardcore dude. You know, when I think of hardcore, I think like, you know, Black Flag and Minor Threat and stuff like that. You know. But the new hardcore is just screaming. Basically, for me, it sounds like screaming and, and metal without many guitar solos. You know what I mean? It reminds me of like old school metal. You know, like old school, like almost borderline black metal in a way, you know, the way that they, they do it. But yeah, I don't know. Just don't ask me. I'm too old for all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I like what I like, and that's it, man. I, I don't know. I don't know all about a lot of that stuff, you know. So. Who does the artwork for your flyers? You have, you, yeah. like, this place is decorated. I'm going to take some pictures and put them up with the, yeah. when I release this. But uh, really cool show flyers that remind me yeah. of when I was, like, first going to shows. Well, that, that's the thing. That's what I want to try and do, you know. I've got this guy. He's a really cool artist. He did in my bathroom and the little uh, vestibule area here. And on the stage, he did the Gimme Shelter. And he does a lot of that stuff. And I said to him, dude, can you do some posters for me? And then I just send him stuff. What I do is I give him some stuff I find off the internet and say, look, oh, can you do something along these lines? He's a very diverse kind of guy, his artist, artistry anyway. So and I say, dude, can you do something along those lines? And he does, does something like that. Or he goes, no, nah, I think this would be better. And, you know, he just does it like that. But he's a really good dude, man. Really good guy and humble fella. He's but a local guy. Local guy. Very talented, man. Very talented. Painting is phenomenal, you know. So, But, yeah, with the graphic stuff, theme is easy. You just draw something and... Photoshop and this and that, and then sends it over to me, you know, so. Is there a wider Southeast Asian scene if either Balinese or Indonesian bands want to travel around more and, 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 and actually tour? Well, to be honest, not, not that I know of, you know. Indonesia, yeah, there's a lot of bands that tour Indonesia, but as far as the rest of Southeast Asia, I'm not sure, to be honest. I know Singapore, my wife's from Singapore, and the, the music scene there is... I don't want to be sound like negative, but this is a totally different culture. Yeah, it's well, yeah, it's totally different. You know, just the way people are. There's no, there's no spirit of revolution in anybody. You know what I mean? There's like, it's you do what you're told kind of thing. That's what the artists say. I got a good friend who's an artist over there. Man, he's struggling. You know, not struggling as an artist, but struggling to like deal with this thing that's always rules, always rules, always this. And can't you brought chew gum, up, right? You can't chew gum, you can't <laughs> do, there's a lot of stuff, man. Population is just leveling out as well because everybody's thinking about their career first and no one's thinking about doing stupid shit like getting drunk and having babies mm. like without thinking about it, you know what I mean? So the population basically is all old and they're all dying and all the young people are just like, they don't know how to, to kind of let go and just... Uh, enjoy themselves you know so the population is just leveling out and everyone's leaving because it's too expensive and the music scene there I just I know I went over because you know my wife's from there so I thought I'll give it a go and just find out and I talked with some guys who were like the dudes and I said I mean it's lame it's you, you'd think lame. at some point that would lead to some kind of counterculture that's going to react you, to it you'd think so but I think everybody's just brought up in this thing you know like this kid said something negative about the guy who founded Singapore he's 16 and people was going, put him in jail, put him in jail, beat him up, you know, cane him. And it's like, dude, he's a 16-year-old kid that has the internet. Right. If you're a 16-year-old kid and you have an outlet to scream and yell and do what you right. want, you're going to do it. You know what I mean? Don't, and, but that's what, the way the mentality is there. It's, it's crazy, you know. So, so yeah, Singapore's out. <laughs> 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 and then um, 
Yeah, the rest of the, the rest of Southeast, I don't, I really don't know enough about. You know, we get some bands. I hear about some bands coming in, but you know, not so much. You know, I find that it, the amount of music that's already in this country is just insane as it is. Okay. You know what I mean, so <clears throat> you know, for us, it's more we get Indonesian band. Anyone who wants to play here, I'll give them a go. You know what I mean? That's cool. As long as they're they're a real band and they they want to get up and do it together, and so it's fine. You know, sometimes we have like. High school kids getting up and playing. You really? Know, they're stoked, dude. They're stoked. Okay, yeah, they're not the best bands in the world, but they get up there and they have a go, and that's the important thing, you know? So I don't knock bands ever. I never knock bands. People have a go at me for not, not knocking bands. Like, how can you always have... You always say positive things about bands. You don't... If they're terrible, you don't go, they suck. It's like, because they're up there doing it. You know what I mean? It's easy to sit here and go, oh, they suck, you know? But, you know, to get up there, get off your ass and... Put some songs together, get the courage to get up on stage and do it. I admire that in every single person who does it, you know. And kids here, uh, or, or younger bands or whatever, they're, are they getting records pressed or? Well, they, you know, they have a big culture of cassettes. Cassettes, yeah, I noticed yeah. that. I bought a Superman and Z cassette yeah. the other day. I was like, <laughs> I can't still, even play this like at home. I know, they still <laughs> love that stuff here. But, you know, cassettes are starting to become cheaper, yeah. right? Well, now CDs are cheaper, so everyone's going okay. for a more CD option and now everything's online too, yeah, so... Yeah. It's more that kind of thing, but um, yeah, you know, they're getting this stuff out there, man. You know, then there's studios everywhere. And there's Indonesian labels, or yeah, Indonesian labels? labels, Indonesian labels. There's a lot of um, yeah, there's a lot of labels out there, you know. But there's a lot of studios, rehearsal rooms. There's just like man, in Denpasar, it's just hundreds. Really? Yeah, because kids just want to play. They got nothing else to do, and they all know how to play guitar a bit, or drums a bit, or bass a bit. So they, you know. And it's super cheap, you know, it costs them like a buck an hour or something. So they go in there and they Whoa. spend an hour just jamming and smoking cigarettes and, you know, writing songs and doing covers and hanging out. That's how these bands start, you know. And there's just like loads, and that's why all the time we get loads of new bands I've never heard of would just be rocking up and playing. And there's bands surprising me all the time, you know, like that. Just like, who the, who's these guys? Like this band, The Disland. I saw them years ago when they started. <clears throat> and, um, they came and played in here when we opened, and I hadn't seen them since they started, yeah? And then when I saw them play, I was like, man, this is one of the best rock and roll bands I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Like, around the world, they're one of the best bands I've ever seen. They just have this thing, you know? <clears throat> and, I'm, and after that, I'm just like, man, I, I love these guys. And I said, dudes, you wanna come in? You drink for free every time you walk through the door, you know? So they come in, I was talking with the singer, and he wants to kind of uh, expand a bit, so they wanna do stuff in English. And so I'm going to help them write the next album, you know, because I, I used to write songs for other people and stuff, so writing lyrics is super easy for me. So I'm just going to help them write the new album so we can kind of like get it a bit bigger and push them other places because they deserve to be out there, you know. They are really, you know, they're really top notch. Really? Yeah. And when they play, man, the audience goes absolutely ape shit. So how does the band from, from Bali get recognized then on an international like, scope? Well, to be honest, playing in Bali helps. Really? Yeah. yeah, it depends on what scene, yeah. If you're playing the local Dempasar scene, which these guys have only played, they've never really played. When they, they did a gig here last week, and that's the first time they played to that many white people in their entire life. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's that kind of thing. And then people see them and go, that band's awesome. And then they'll tell other people, and then more people see them, and then they'll go back to their hometown, and they'll meet someone at a bar, and then get, like, you know, that's what happens. That's how, how bands get out there, man. You know, bands tour Japan and Europe and... That kind of stuff, all from that. Just playing, like, shows in front of, you know, people who are here visiting, you know. 
uh, last night I was in Seminyak and um, I was at uh, Motel Mexicola, mm-hmm. and it was like a, like it's like a club pop music. Mm. It, People dancing on tables, mm-hmm. tons of like young Australian, like mm-hmm. college age kids looking to party. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this is maybe a long winded question. Like, okay. is that okay? Is that the antithesis of what's going on here? Because to me, that's almost like in the States when it's different now because punk and hardcore metal is so accessible and it's kind of mainstream and it's mm. not like a counterculture as much as it used to be but like I guess it used to be that like jock culture was the antithesis of like punk culture mm. um, is that a thing here where like that is sort of the opposite of what kids going to these shows want yeah well in a, in a way you know the okay, Motel Mexicola that's a that's a funny example with that, it's kind of like um, we have this, this tourism. There's two kinds of tourism that comes to Bali, really. Okay, And there's what you call the low-end tourists and the mid- to high-end tourists. Okay? Low-end tourists, are, tourists generally come from Australia. And they come here for a weekend or a week maybe and party because it's cheaper to party here than it is in Australia. Wow. Yeah. So they fly over, they stay in cheap hotel, eat cheap food, all kooks, that's all low-end. So it's all everything's cheap. The booze is cheap, everything's cheap, they get wrecked, they only hang out with other Australian people or maybe other, maybe Europeans or whoever's there, and then once they're done, they bail back. They, get, they have no influence, they get no influence from culture whatsoever, they don't want to hang out with local people, they, you know, they just want to do their thing, get their money's worth, bail out, you know. And then you get the other ones, other people who actually want to come here and enjoy Bali as a place, you know, and the people and the culture and... Right. The scene and that kind of stuff. And that's why Changu is a lot more like that. You know, they, you know, there's places that are trying to bring that over here, but it's not really not really sticking in a way, you know. Old Mans is starting to get there. You know, I love Old Mans and the owners and everything. They're, they're good dudes. But they're starting to kind of bring that Kuta-ish crowd. They call it the Kuta crowd, which is that low-end kind of, I want to get wrecked and, you know, I've got, I'm on steroids with my shirt off with seven yeah. guys screaming. I'm like, hey, come on, man. I was at... Um Sky Bar the other night? Sky Garden. Sky Garden. Oh, okay. that's, that is like so the, that was, that was, the exact thing <laughs> that I'm talking about. Awful. Like, that was anywhere in the world to me. That was like Kaosan Road in Bangkok yeah. or like like Margaritaville in Mexico. Yeah. Like, that was awful. Yeah, yeah. One night was all I could do. Mm. I'm like, I'm out of here. Well, you know, people, some people that want that yeah. and they have that. Just and that's party. good. Yeah. You know? This place, it's not that place, you know. Right. I have people, and you, they come in, and you, before when we first opened, people come in, there'd be a big group, and they'd look around, and they'd bail. I'm like, man, why aren't they coming in? And then it got to a stage where I'm just like, I'd see them come in, and they'd bail, and I'm like, oh, thank you. Because <laughs> <laughs> people, as soon as they walk in, you can tell the people that know the vibe. They walk in, and they'll go, oh, man, this is the coolest, man. I dig this place. All these people, they walk in, they kind of like stand at the doorway and go, Oh, I don't know about this place. <laughs> you know, so, you know. For us, we kind of have like that. I'm not, look, I didn't make this place to be a billionaire. You know, mm-hmm. I made this place so I could have some money to look after my family and I have a place where people can play music and do good music and bands can come and do cool stuff. And it's bigger than me, this place, you know, like, you know, it's, it's, it's just its own thing, you know. And we do, we do well enough to keep the lights on most of the time and um it's all, all really is you know we just 
it's not for everybody. You know, some people come in, oh, can you put on some Bieber? And I was like, it's no. <laughs> I was like, there's a giant sign out the front that says rock and roll bar. Can you not read? I don't know what's going on. You know. Have any larger publications or websites or anyone taken notice of you besides uh, lowly small podcasters? Like <laughs> that is a few. There's a few things. I had Lonely Planet in here the other day, and they really? asked, yeah. So, and I asked them what they want to do exactly, and they're like, you know, thinking about doing an article of this. And I was like, no, I don't want an article. I'll do like a little thing that basically says rock and roll bar open till three a.m. and you get a photo. That's it. I don't want any more. You know. I want it to be, if that's what you're looking for, come. I don't want any, anything else, any other description. I don't, you know, I want it to be like, you know, because if it was me looking through Lonely Planet, it goes rock and roll by open to three, I'm like, there, I'm going, right. you know. I don't need any convincing, you know. I want it to be more like underground in a way, you know, more word of mouth and, you know, people who want to be here, be here, you know. That's the main thing, you know. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, you know, the, the concept behind as well, it's like, you know, it's all the things that I want in a bar, I made in a bar. Like, I don't do, co I do, okay, I, I changed my marketing girl, you know, who does my social media stuff. She said, look, you need to find a mid-priced drink for girls. You just have to. So I made one cocktail <laughs> that I pre-mix and I just pour the, the thing, okay? <laughs> but otherwise I don't do cocktails. It's either spirits with mix or straight shots or beer. And now I've got this one cocktail, okay? Because I don't, I hate waiting at a bar to get served. You know, I, oh, some dude's shaking this thing and flipping things in the air and you're like, dude, I've got the correct change, just pop the beer and just, <laughs> you know, it's like, I can grab myself and pop it and you just, do, you know. So I, I got really sick of that. No one wants to go to a bar to line up, you know what I mean? People want to get their drink and continue their conversation and hang out, you know, so. So I don't do cocktails and none of that silly stuff, you know, and the service is super fast, even when we're packed. You're not waiting longer than like two minutes, you know, for a drink. You know, and if I see anyone who's been waiting too long, I always give them a free shot. You know, I'm really? just like, dude, I'm sorry you have to wait here. Have that while you're waiting. You know, yeah. that's really cool, man. Like I, um, I, in a weird way, I think I have a similar approach approach with the podcast. And like when I was talking about zines, like this is kind of like my zine. Mm, yeah. Like this is the only sort of creative outlet that I have. And for even with music, uh, there are like these social media um, organizations. Uh, maybe that's the wrong word, but you can mm. you can pay someone to take over your social media, yeah. and they like leave comments for you and crap oh, like really? that. Like I, I get messages all the time. Really, and it's like I want this to be organic. I don't want I want someone to like it because they yeah, like it. Not yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's it, man. Same with my social media thing. You know, I talk with the, the girl. That's, she's great. This this guy, this girl, Wee's. She did like, you know, she did social media and marketing for a lot of brands in Australia and she's phenomenal, you know, and she asked me, she's like, how do you want to do this? And I was like, look, I'm going to be like the worst dude because <laughs> I'm just so against selling out. <laughs> you know, I've been like, through my entire musical career, I was like, don't sell out, don't sell out, do your thing, do your thing. But, you know, she sits down and talks to me and explains stuff and I'm like, and I hate it. And then I think about it and I go, okay, I can understand. Let's find a way to make that work in a way that isn't selling out, you right. know? So that's all it is, you know? And she, she's really great, you know, when it came to social media stuff, she's like, what do you want to do? You want to buy likes or you want to buy this? And so I don't want to buy anything. And she's like, good, no, I don't want to do that stuff. Let's do it organically. So that's the thing, you know, we've only got, I think we've got, you know, almost 3,000 followers on Instagram. But, you know, the, the amount of likes that we get in ratio to followers, it means that people actually care. 
you right. know what I mean, what the content is and stuff like that. People want to know what's happening, which is good because I see people and they're like, you know, they got like 15,000 followers and they got 200 likes. And it's like, okay, you bought a lot of that. Exactly, you know, yeah. So. And it's all Boston things. And so, like what's, that. what's the yeah. point? You know, I don't understand the point of that stuff, you know, so. But then again, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if you have an answer to this. Um, <laughs> before, before I ever came to Bali, I had never heard the song Despacito before. Do you know this song? <laughs> Holy crap. Someone told uh, no, I saw something written down somewhere on social media saying that, but I don't know what it is. Every cab, every restaurant. I hiked, I did that, that Mount Bator hike. Yeah, yeah. Someone had a backpack with a Bluetooth speaker playing this song. Dude, I didn't know Bali this song, has man. an obsession with... No, what it is, Bali has this thing where it's seasonal. There is the song of the season. It's that and yeah. that Ed Sheeran, um, yeah, The Shape yeah. of You, is everywhere. Well, that's the thing. That's Now, last year... Okay, before when I was <laughs> hanging out in, the, in like, Seminyak and, and that kind of stuff, there'd always be the song of the season, you know what I mean? And it'd be the big song, as, you know. And every year it's the same. It's, the, it's a song that people will hear... And it reminds them of the holiday. And okay. they hear it everywhere. And when they go away, they go off. Years later, they'll hear the song and remind them of Bali. You know what I mean? That's the way it works here, in a way. They, they, there's always that summer song. And, he, and he just, it just gets everywhere, you know? It's like when Jack Johnson came out. Jack Johnson was everywhere, dude. Really? Yeah, because his music suits Bali. Yeah, it's kind of surf and yeah, chill. Yeah, yeah. You know? I actually went to Hawaii and met Jack Johnson, and he is exactly like his music. Really? So that's why I've got nothing bad to say about that, dude. Some people go, oh, he's really kind of like, you know, middle of the road, blah, blah. It's like, dude, he's a nice guy, and he loves his family, and he likes chilling out with them and playing acoustic guitar. That's him. He plays what he is. It's not like he's doing it to make to be popular or to make a million bucks. He just does what he does, you know? So, you know, but that's the thing, yeah. So Jack Johnson was a big one, you know, and then, you know, there's always there's that tune every summer. You'll get it. And I guess that's the song. I don't, I don't think I've heard it because I only hang out in my bar. <laughs> so I don't think I hear anything that's popular anymore. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like uh, that must be the song of the, the season. You know? Okay. You've toured internationally with your bands? Yeah, yeah. So you've been all over? Yeah, I've been a lot, lot of places, man. A lot of places. You know, all over Europe, to the States, uh, Australia, obviously, that kind of thing. Indonesia, that kind of stuff. Mainly Europe, though. I played mainly Europe. I lived in London for a long time on and off. So it was involved in the Camden, North London rock and roll scene a fair bit. I was there for a long time, so I met everybody, you know, so... Which is cool, and I like going back every now and then, but London is a bummer. <laughs> it can be. It can be a bummer. Well, the weather, just expansive. You know, I lived in London like 15 years, and first eight years I hated it. Yeah. I'd always live in London and somewhere else, because London's too expensive. So I lived in Paris and London, or Brussels and London, or Dublin and London. I was always between two places, you know? And then when I... Moved to Camden, I said, actually, this is, this is my jam, you know, and I loved it. And I actually lived full time in Camden, you know. Wow. Yeah, it was really good. And by then I'd already known a lot of people, so it was a lot easier to do what I had to do. But still, you know, it's still expensive. So I moved to Brussels and then got a record deal there and they pay you way better, you know. It's like Glastonbury. I never played Glastonbury. Not because I wasn't invited. I, get, I got invited like every year for like six years. But I'd, be, I'd get a festival in, in Belgium or Germany 
that was paying like insane money on the exact same day. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Go to Glastonbury and not earn a thing? Or I'm going to go play this festival and get 4,000 euros to play for 40 minutes? You know, right. And that's kind of like the reason why I never played at Glastonbury. Where was your favorite place to play? Or best reception or... Oh, man, it's, it's everywhere's different, mm. you know. Belgium's hard, to be honest. You know, the audience is hard. Okay. <clears throat> a lot of bands will start their tour in Belgium or finish their tour in Belgium. Because Belgium audiences are just like... It takes a lot to get them going. Really? Really. So bands will either start there to put themselves through hell so the rest of the tour goes easier... Or they'll finish their tour there because they know that they've done a whole tour and they're on their point, so when they play there, they kill it. Yeah, it's crazy. I saw artists like playing and they'd lose their shit because the crowd goes, what's next? <laughs> I wonder if it's because it's so mellow living there, like that there's not a lot of yeah, well, struggle. What it is, there's so many bands coming through mm -hmm. as well, you know what I mean? And Belgium has this thing of they just, they don't, they don't care. They're kind of like, whatevers. They're very chill. I find that in Europe, the closest vibe to Bali is, is Belgium. Is Rotterdam Belgium? Rotterdam's uh, Holland. Holland. Oh, no, that's yeah, okay. Yeah. It's a bit south from there, you know. Holland's cool, you know. Holland's all right, but Belgian people are just like, they're like the f one gear less than Holland, you know, and France as well. Just one gear less where people are so, and they drink a lot. Yeah. You know I mean? Like every day of the week, they have a couple. So <clears throat> the whole society is based around that. You know what I mean? If you come in with a hangover, it's fine. Or you take the day off for a hangover, it's fine. So they, they have that mentality of like, hey, it's okay. You don't get it done today, you get it done tomorrow. You know? So, which is good in some ways. It's very frustrating in others if you're trying to get stuff done. But, you know, it's still cool. I, li I really like. I really love Belgium. I really love Brussels. The rock and roll scene in Brussels is so cool. Really? Because no one goes there to be famous. People just go there because there's more people there than somewhere else. <laughs> so all these people end up hanging out together and starting these bands. So metal guys and rockabilly guys and hardcore guys, they come together. A lot of New York hard guys, hardcore guys used to go to Belgium all the time. And Belgian bands used to go to New York all the time because they just loved hardcore, you know? Like one of my friends... Um, Mark was the guitar player in Doggy Dog, you know, and then all those bands used to come over, Agnostic France, and, you know, all those fellas, they'd always, always, if they came to Europe, they'd go to Belgium, you know, because the hardcore scene is great, you know. Hey, did you play New York? Me, yeah. I went to New York for a while. Yeah, back then I was playing like solo Delta Blues, and then I went and a lot of record companies, I was there three weeks and I had loads of record companies wanting to sign me. I didn't trust none of them. You know, Atlantic I was very close to, man. The guy was really cool. <laughs> and then massive. I was like, what's the name? Um, Interscope was super keen. That was super keen, you know. But um, I don't know, man. I didn't want to be trapped, you know. I'd lived free for so long, and I knew if I committed to that, I'd have to commit my life to it, you know. So, you know, I was kind of on the fence about it, you know. And, yeah, so I didn't end up going through with it. So you were you were in here at Gimme Shelter. Um, it, any plans for the future? Anything you'd like to see happen? With the, this place, mm -hmm. I want to get bigger bands. You know, get some really good bands. I've got because I played and I know a lot of people. I've got like a lot of good hookups. Sounds that way, yeah. So you know, and I've got my eye on a couple guys. You know, and they're keen, but it's just timing, man. You know, like I was trying to get Queens of the Stone Age to play here, you know, because no. they're on tour right now. And I wanted to get them to play here for my, the one year anniversary on the 5th of August.
but and I check their roster and they do their last show at the end of this month and their next show is in I think Los Angeles or something like that at, uh, about a week and a, a week later so I'm like oh man there's a time frame so I hit up my guys that know them and they said oh dude they're doing some secret shows in Japan or something like that so they fly straight out of Perth over there okay I'm like, <laughs> for those types of men on that level is mm. if they're coming to Indonesia they're playing Jakarta mm. yeah usually okay. but what I try and do is what I'm trying to do is uh, when they play in Perth is just fly them over from Perth give them a free holiday at the end of their tour that's the vibe I'm going for they come over put them oh, in some nice villa and they come to a, like a little secret show because a lot of bands are big they, they want to they miss playing small places you know playing 200 seats. Like Metallica, oh, yeah. I was talking with them, they said the same thing. It's like, man, we did a show in London for 200 people. It's the first time we did that years. It was amazing. And I was like, oh, really? I know a little place in Bali. <laughs> <laughs> Come on down. Come on. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's getting there. What it, the main thing is I need to get the first big bands, really in the first big mm. bands to come play. And once the first band's done that, the other band's going to go, oh, they played that. Okay, we'll come and play. You know? I mean, man, I could see it. The vibe around here is awesome. The weather's mm. great. Like, this Changu here is so cool. Yeah. It's a place to be. Do you know, it's apparently, um, they're saying, oh, where did I read that, man? Was it TripAdvisor or something? Someone told me. I read it on the internet somewhere. Changu is the most, the number one desired destination in the world right now out of places that people want to go. It's the number one place in the world people want to go now. You know, Bali's the number one destination out of Bali is Changu. You know, yeah, so that's pretty nuts. I feel like that's good and bad. <laughs> it is good and bad, but it depends on the way that people do it here. Yeah. You know, I foresee a lot of mistakes, yeah, but I think in general, the people of Changu, the, the community here in the, the village, they saw what happened to Kuta. And Seminyak. Yeah. And for starters, they don't sell land here anymore. They only rent. Okay. It's very smart because what they do is if they rent for like five years, they don't like a venue or the thing's not good vibe, they don't like it, they just don't renew the lease. And then that person's out, you know. Because that's what happened. Sky Garden bought the land, got all the licenses. Everyone in Kuta, the Banjo, wants to close that place. They can't because they've got the license and they own it. So that's it. Sky Garden is staying whether you like it or not. And then everybody kind of learned that lesson, you know. And they're like, okay, let's not do that again. So, yeah. I've got 10 minutes left on this memory card here in my, uh, in my recorder. Are there, um, we mentioned a couple, but are there any bands that uh, listeners should be checking out? That are Indonesian bands? Yeah, Indonesian or, or specifically Balinese. Okay, well, Mare J. <laughs> Obviously, and I'll put up a link yeah. to to your stuff in the yeah. show notes too, yeah. so people can catch it. So you can find me if you Google me. It's there. Moto Sounds M O T T O W S O U N D Z. Moto Sounds. <clears throat> That's my label. I'm on. You can find all stuff there. Uh, bands I highly recommend from Indonesia, Bali in particular. Roll Fast, amazing band. I actually met them when they were just kids. They came to my house, knocked on the door. They're like, oh, we really love your stuff. Can we do a gig? <laughs> and I got them their, f- their first gig in front of like, uh, you know, the, this, the, the scene I was telling you about, the, the, the touristy kind of scene. And from that, they got booked other places and they ended up touring Japan and stuff like that. And they just got voted the number one, <clears throat> number one rock performance by Rolling Stone Indonesia. Whoa. So they're, they're right up there. Um, the Dislands, 
I cannot go on about how amazing this band is. The Disland, check them out. <laughs> and Strikes, Strikes are phenomenal. They're, they're, they're great. So they're hardcore, but vibes great, live great. The tune's great. Everyone sings along, you know. So those are bands I highly recommend. There's a lot. Junga, Junga, sick. There's, there's so many. There's so many good bands that, <clears throat> you know, have the opportunity to, to see live and get to hang out at my joint. It's, it's crazy, you know. So. And what I'll do for people listening to this, mm. they'll know this already, but what mm. I'll do is as best as I can find some of that stuff, I'll, yeah. I'll play that interspersed throughout the, our, our conversation Great. here too. Great. They deserve it. Really good bands. Uh, Hydrant's good too. Hydrant. I cannot leave the Hydrant out. They're like the singer and drummer, my cousin, and the drummer and the bass player. When I'm in Bali, I play with them. But they're, they're great. They're like the first like rockabilly bands of Indonesia, you know. And they just recently toured Eastern Europe. And last year they did Viva Las Vegas Rockabilly. They're playing there again, Las Vegas next year as well. So they're, they're really getting their, their thing together. And they're cool. They are super cool. If you want to party, go see these guys. You always have a good time. Really? Yeah, totally, totally. Mm. Is this uh, so uh, geographically for people? We're on the the west coast here. Um, are there other parts of Bali beside? I, I mentioned Denpasar, which is like kind of more centrally mm. southern located. Um, is there anything in the east and the north, or is this like the hub of, of activity right here for music? Well, the, the main well, you know, as far as tourism goes, everyone kind of gravitates towards <clears throat> where you know people are you know and the main places are Changu Uluwatu as well is really developing uh, I was, yeah, I was gonna, uh, Uluwatu is developing but that's very more surf culture surf there's, culture there's surf lots culture. of Australians yeah. Australians Brazilians all surfers in general yeah so there's a lot going on there but you know there's, there's a couple of decent places down there Single Fin used to be really cool you know oh um, I did go there yeah 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 Single Fin's alright Sunday's mental my friend Ty bought a <coughs> he owns the lawn as well which is in Changu but he, uh, he has single fin, you know. And I, it's really funny, man. Most of these places, I was the first band to play. Really? Yes, yeah, like single fin, I was one of the first bands to play there. Old Man's, I was the first band to play there. Where's, where's Old Man's? Old Man's just down the street, right on the beach. From, from here? From here. You oh, go, wow. you go, you take, you go out the front door, get to the, you know, walk to the end of the road there, take a left, and then get to the beach, and that's Old Man's. That's oh, like the, cool. the place everyone goes kind of really? thing. That's every night there's something going on oh, there. Wow. They have bands. I'm actually going to play there next month. You know, the owners are good mates. So the thing is, all the people who are doing stuff here, I know them because I've been playing music here forever, and I've played in all these venues and stuff, and I just know a lot of people around. So Deus, the guys in Deus, I know the owners really good friends of mine and old mans I've known and Pretty Poison as well and you know New Place Pablo's my friend just opened that up and The Lawn my friend owns that so <laughs> it's good in, in, in one sense because everybody has respect for each other in a way most people have yeah. respect for each other <laughs> and um, you know it kind of works well like that you know so yeah it's a good vibe good Changu is just a great vibe it's kind of like uh, I say it's like Byron Bay when, when I used to go to Byron Bay which is like you know Late nineties. <laughs> so I don't know what Byron Bay is like nowadays, but back then, you know, back in when they invented the wheel, that's <laughs> all right. You know? But that's the kind of vibe here. It's very kind of like community vibe, and yeah. a lot of people they come to Bali and they kind of travel around and they they, they feel it out. They always come to Changu, and if not this time, the next time they'll stay here. A lot of people base themselves in Changu and then they'll go to Uluwatu and come back, or or wouldn't come back, you know, but. 
in general. It's just a, a good place to be. It's very mellow. You know, you get to know people. It's, it's nice. Yeah. Well, yeah, man. I would definitely, like, if you're coming to Bali, don't just stay in Kuta. Like, if you want well, to drink hold on, it Hold on, hold on. Depends on who you are. <laughs> <laughs> I did an interview. If you, if you want to walk around with, like, your shirt half open and, like, you want to fight someone. <laughs> Wrong place. Then go to- <laughs> It's funny. I did an interview for uh, Vice magazine in the bathroom here. We had, like, these bands playing. It's all crazy. And they said, uh, so what do you think of Changu? And I was like, it's horrible, stay away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, Vice is huge too, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, they just started up Vice Indonesia and they came here to, to do really? the first thing. Yeah. Where's that based and out of here? It's going to be, it's based in Jakarta, but okay. they, they come over and do stories all the time, that kind of stuff. They used to be, did a big festival at Potato Head. Place of garbage, but anyway. Yeah, no, I <laughs> went there also. They have that yeah. big like uh, festival coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a fan of Potato Head. Yeah, I think I mean, it's too. <laughs> you know, well, it's very segregated. I don't like that. You know, I like locals and super expensive too. <laughs> super expensive, and like you know, you go and they pay money, and then they there's an Indonesian section where Indonesian people have to sit. And then there's, yeah, dude, I am not a fan of that. Whoa, I didn't realize that. Yeah, and a lot of places, there's some places that do like, you know, there's a place I know, I'm not going to say the name, but um, yeah, they're charging locals to get in, you know, which is not cool. It's not cool. In Changu, which is not cool. I don't dig it. That's pretty dark. Saturday nights only, apparently. But still, you can't do that, man. You know, if you're going to charge people, charge everyone. Don't just charge local people, man. That's not cool. Whoa. <laughs> anyway, that's, uh, that's me venting done. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have this thing then. You know, I have bands play, like Disland plays, right? Place gets rammed full of people. There's kids, and a lot of kids can't afford to buy a drink or anything, but they love this band. Right. And people say to me, how come you let all these, these, these people in? They're not buying drinks, you know, and the place is at capacity. I'm just like, because these dudes, they don't have money. If they had money, they buy a beer and they support us because I know that's in their heart. You know, they want this place to keep going, but they don't have any money. You know, and then it's funny because the older punk rock guys, when the older bands will play here, it'll be all punk rock guys who used to be those kids, and they all buy buy drinks, and we make great money for that. You know what I mean? We over the bar, we do really well. And I always say to people, like, look, be patient with these guys. I plan to be here for a long time. So when these kids get jobs one day, then they'll come in and buy drinks. You know what I mean? There's no, no, I don't want someone's not being able to see their favorite band because they're, they're poor. You know, to me, that ain't right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. All right, we are a couple minutes here. Anything else you want to plug? Oh, uh, no, nah. We could just uh, come to the bar. I'll give you a shot. Have a good time. <laughs> All right, beautiful, man. Well, again, uh, Thanks so much for responding. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really hard to get in, in touch with some people here, and you uh, you welcomed me here, so uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, stick around, have some drinks, dude. All right, beautiful. <laughs> Thanks. Awesome, man. Thank you very much, Thank man. You. Cheers. All right, that's it for today, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. The last song that you're going to hear here is by Navicula, and I'm going to ruin this name also, but it is Tak Perna Baruba. As always, leave me feedback, um, shoot me a message if you have any questions or suggestions or things like that. I'm open to hearing it. A bunch of stuff coming out soon from Indonesia, Vietnam, and Malaysia. Look forward to getting it out to you. All right, everybody. Thanks. Until next time, peace. Take care of each other.